The Real Hustle Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Chris Kivlin. Real hustle, real people, real results. You can help support our podcast by checking out our Real Hustle gear. We have t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, hats, and more. The Real Hustle gear is great for the gym or even a night out on the town. Let everyone know that you are a real hustler willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. You can check us out right now at realhustle.com. And right now we're offering all of our listeners 10% off when you use the promo code podcast at checkout. Once again, that is podcast to receive 10% off your entire order. Realhustle.com. What's up, everybody? Chris Kiblin here over at the Real Hustle Podcast. So today I'm extremely excited because we have some very fabulous people in the um, in the studio. We have Nels and we have Cindy here. And I want to thank you both for coming. And hey, Nels, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us on. Okay. So why don't we do this? Because we've got Nels and Cindy, and you guys have a pretty special call, so why you're here. And But first, let's start out a little bit about you, and then Cindy, maybe we'll talk a little bit about you. So why don't we go with you, Nels, first? Yeah, so um, I, I'm an accountant, and I'm a runner okay. and, and a wrestler. So that, there's probably three different things that, that uh, may define me. Um, but... As you know, we're doing something pretty special here, and uh, Cindy and I uh, developed our relationship through accounting. So I got to know uh, Cindy while working at uh, a local firm here, Kirkring Barbario, and um, through that relationship, I learned about her brother, Chris Campbell, and I actually read a book that Cindy had given me, and and actually didn't read it. I listened to it. I, I cheated because I, I listened to Audible. And uh, because I listened to Audible, I heard Cindy talking about her brother, Chris Campbell's mission. And uh, his mission was that he, so he, he served as a, as a U.S. Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. And um, he had a, a mission that if he weren't to make it home, that he wanted 100,000 people come together to help his brothers and sisters who did make it home and donate to Wounded Warrior Project. Um, so I heard about that mission, and it I heard about it back in 2019. And after hearing about that, um, I, was, I was still doing accounting at the time. I wasn't, I wasn't running. I wasn't doing anything. Um, and I... I I just couldn't get it out of my head. It was one of those things that just stuck in my head. And um, finally, in sometime during 2020, uh, I thought I had done past running things uh, for charitable causes. And I thought one way that I could help get Chris's mission out would be to uh, run across the U.S. And, and not just run across the U.S., but attempt a world record for the fastest run across the U.S., and so in December of 2020, I, I called up Cindy and, and I said, what, what do you think about that idea? <laughs> and uh, so the, re- the rest is uh, history. So the last couple of years have been uh, going towards that goal. And now August of August 30th of this year, we'll, we'll start the run in, out of San Francisco and go to New York City. And and we have, it's me and Cindy, obviously, and we have a full team um, on board. So this is, this is not a one-person show, not a two-person show. Um, this is a lot of people show. <laughs> so, and uh, to get 100,000 contributions, uh, which is Chris's request, it's going to be a lot more people show. So, right. um, so we're, we're, that, that's what 
why we're here today. And Cindy, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and about your brother's mission? Well, thanks for having me on this podcast, Chris. Um, so I'll start the way Nels did, and I'll say three things. I am an accountant, I'm an animal advocate, and I'm a Gold Star sister. And just to focus on the Gold Star sister, which is why we are here today, is because of my brother's last request. And Nels also mentioned he couldn't get it out of his head, and I couldn't get it out of my head or my heart. When someone leaves this over-the-top, crazy, wild request in notes that accompanied his will, and you're told about that, first of all, when Chris was killed, the shock sets in, and I feel like that stayed with me for a couple of years. But then beyond that, my mom's really good about when you're hurting, help other people. And I feel like Chris gave us an anchor to the earth to say there are real men and women who are serving in our military who come home from being sent to war and they're, they're going to have challenges. Um, exactly. And we all have challenges in our lives. And I think that's something that can unite us is realizing that every person has a story and every person has a challenge. And specifically for the military, when you've been to war and you come home, things are not the same. And I know that it impacted Chris greatly. Um, I was sharing with Nels and Denise's wife through email after Chris was killed. I spent many sleepless nights going back through his emails and I could see the change in him. So for him to sit down and think, okay, if I die, what can I do to help the men and women who come home who have served our country? And I just think of my brother sitting there and thinking of this and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of him for doing this because it was very different than the request he had actually talked to me about several years earlier in Virginia Beach. But it wasn't something when I was told this that, okay, well, let me be confrontational or find, it, it was just, this is what he said, okay, let's figure out how to make it happen. And so I think it was four years in, we, about 2,000 people had donated in his memory to Wounded Warrior Project. And then four years after that, a commercial was filmed. And now we're at 30, just over 30,000 people who've donated to Wounded Warrior Project in his memory. And then in walks Nels. And I just, <laughs> you know, us meeting at this accounting firm and how things blossomed from there. So um, that's... We're all stopped. Okay. <laughs> all right. So well, let's talk about this because it's kind of interesting. So you both are CPAs and you, I guess you both worked for the same company, right? Is that what, how that you guys met? Yes. Okay. And Cindy was my oh, manager. Really? Cindy was your manager. Oh, <laughs> see, we're learning more about this story. Well, so, you know, it's kind of, and I was talking to you a little bit about this before we started. Um, it's kind of interesting that we're doing this podcast and we're recording this podcast on Memorial Day. 
And, you know, and Memorial Day is such an effective day in the U.S. And we're talking about Chris and his mission and what he's doing. And, you know, um, so I don't know, Cindy, if you knew that I'm also an Army veteran. And so, like, my biggest thing is it's always one of these things that I love giving back to the military. They did so much for me, and I love having this be a part of it. So thank you for letting me be a part of it. Um, it's always – I love any time that we do something for our, our military. It's just like so many people, they don't realize what you give up when you go into the military and what you have to give up in order to say, hey, I'm writing this blank check for my life, and who knows if it's going to be cashed in, which is what Chris unfortunately went through. So thank you for allowing me to be part of this. So let's get started a little bit more of the fact that you decided that you were going to run across the country in Chris's honor. What made you want to do this and, you know, why? Mm. So, so this is something that I, I've been able to do in the past to, to help give give a spotlight to different causes so it's it's something i i knew how to do and i feel i feel like uh it's it's a gift i have i guess to to run long distances and 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 ignore pain um but but i i felt like it had to be something a little bit bigger um for chris and um so just a run wasn't going to be good enough and and i th- I think that with with the record too, um, the record's important because it's something that will help. Uh, it will help Chris's name be said longer. Um, and um, one one of the things that uh, I know Cindy one of one of the the lines that she has when she signs off on her email, and I'm probably going to say it wrong now, <laughs> but uh, it's that the the greatest casualty is being forgotten. And um, I think it's important that, that we continue to say uh, Chris's name. And, but, but, and so I think that this event is doing that. But, but more than that, um, this is an event that it's, it's tough enough that it requires a lot more than me. And I think that that also encompasses Chris's wish. Um, there's, one person can't get a hundred thousand contributions, and um, I know Cindy has a, a wrote a blog, and it shows on, on the blog it has uh, Chris's buds shirt, and it has uh, the the team the the seals uh, team locked arms, and I think similar to to the way that that they're locked arms that to accomplish this uh, Chris's goal. And to accomplish this run, record run across the U.S., we got to lock arms with a lot of people to get this done. So there's kind of a, a theme running through all of it. Okay, let's talk about a little bit about the training part of it because I mean, if I recall correctly, if I read it, remember, you had to run about 72 miles a day, right, for 42 days straight. Yeah. So the the record right now is um, is 42 days, six hours, 30 minutes, and okay. right around 72 miles a day. So I have to go faster than that. Um, the guy who set the record, uh, Pete Kostelnik, he's a very talented runner, and he's actually a faster runner than me. Um, so for me to beat him, I'm going to have to put in longer days. Okay. Um, so uh, 
so what's it just, take you to run seven? What do you think in seventy two hours you're gonna? I, I mean, or how, yeah. seventy two miles? How how long will you be running? I, I've budgeted in, in my head about fifteen hours per day. Whew, that's tough. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a grind. It's gonna. I mean, now are you going to have like? Will there be runners with you, or is that going to like as you run, you're gonna have like a group with you? Like, will people like pick up at certain places as you're running? Yeah. So that that's one of the the things that we hope for, um, okay. because. The more you, you feed off of people, and uh, the more people that come out and and uh, help pace and that type of thing, uh, the better it will be. Um, so so I will I'll feed off of that energy. So so right now we we do have some people that uh, are planning to come out at the start and uh, through Colorado and I, my home state is Iowa, so we'll have a good showing through Iowa. Um, but there will be some lonely places in the desert of nevada and that type of thing so so where does that go through so you start in um you start in in california right where right uh san francisco Francisco city hall okay you start there and then what's the travel plan i mean is there a certain like roadway or yes so so uh there will be several different roads along (laughs) the way um but it goes through 12 different states so uh I can name them all out, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it goes: uh, California, Nevada, uh, Utah, Colorado, and then we go into Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York. Wow, so. that's pretty. I mean, it's pretty amazing to think that this is something you know you're trying to do to beat you know and just to have that stamina to beat something or to even do something like that it's just like the conditioning for somebody like that it's just got to be incredible yeah we we have a lot of benchmarks along the way so uh we we just did a just did a keys 100 100 mile race and and our our mutual friend uh uh chi was there uh as as one of my uh, crew members as long along with my wife denise and uh, that that was a grind. This, this last weekend was a grind. Um, and then we have another. We have so we've done several training events like that. Um, and then uh, next month will be an event called Six Days in the Dome. So it's a six day race okay. that will help uh, as a benchmark for this run as well. And you've also ran a, a while back though. But you've ran from what is it Florida to DC or right? I I ran from. Uh, from Bradenton to uh, the Cambodian Embassy in Washington D.C. And how long did that take you? That that uh, took 35 days. Wow! So you've run something like this in the past, but just uh, you know, kind of building up. Right. Right. And then, um, so, and we'll get to Chris here in a minute. But I'm just I'm fascinated by the running part of it, um, just because you do a lot of training on the treadmill. Yeah. And I'm like. How the heck do you stay on the treadmill that long? I can't do ten minutes on the treadmill. Yeah, the the treadmill. Yes, it's it's tough, and I'm like, so how do you how do you make that work? So with with the treadmill, um, I th- I think I've heard people. Um, so I do a lot of counting, and uh, so when when things get a little bit tough, I actually just count numbers over and over again, and I actually had to resort to doing that in the in the keys this last weekend my mind started going crazy this last weekend i kind of it was like a uh spoke coming off of a wheel <laughs> and uh and the so it had just started getting wobbly and sometimes to pull myself back which i do this on the treadmill and i i had to do it this last weekend is i just start counting down minutes 
So uh, I count backwards and forwards, just the 60. And uh, I ended up doing it for about, it sounds crazy, but I ended up counting to 60 for about the last six hours of this last event, uh, just to get get my mind back on track. Uh, But uh, yeah, little little techniques like that, um, just to... And what that does is it breaks it into more bite-sized chunks. Um, so so you're just kind of, every time you hit that 60, you're starting over again. Right. That's crazy. So, Cindy, why don't we talk about Chris for a little bit? And Because um, I know one of the things that you wanted to talk about was more about what Chris was like and more of a personal level than just being the Navy SEAL. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about him? Well, I also want to step back for a minute because you mentioned something when you first started asking Nels about our, when we met um, at Kirkring Barbario, I actually am not a CPA. So I just want to set the record straight. Oh, I thought you were a CPA. No. No? She's a very talented accountant. (laughs) Okay. I just think it's important to, you know, state that. Okay. Um, And then as far as Chris, you know, it's interesting, um, One of the things that the blog on the Project Campbell's website has allowed me to do is share Chris's letters to me from basic training. And they were letters that I, you know, I asked myself, why did I save these? They're just really wonderful letters. And I, my thought was at some point when he retired and if he wanted to go back and read through them to see the progression of himself as a person, his military career, they would be available. And they really highlight his journey and who he was. And so for me, when I've gone back through them, especially after he died, there are so many little lessons that he provides. Um, the one that I'm going to be sharing this weekend, um, it's, it's his last letter to me and he talks about he's so ready for this phase of basic training to be over he's anxious to move on but in order to become a navy seal he had to go through these steps and it's also interesting to hear nels i mean i just can't imagine how difficult this run is emotionally um and how he did the 60 second countdown and count forward and count back and in this letter, Chris is talking about he's, you know, he had to go to his happy place and somebody had sent him a little baggie of sand and seashells and the recruiters were at basic training, the recruit division commander, they allowed him to keep that. And so he kept it in his pocket and took it with him everywhere. And it reminded him of his happy place. So it's almost as though, while I don't know that counting back to 60 seconds and counting forward is a happy place, (laughs) um, it just goes to show you that to do hard things, um, you have to go to a different place in your mind. And I do remember asking Chris at one time, like, how are you able to do this? Because to fast forward to hell week, I mean, they get what, three to four hours of sleep in one week yeah it's not much and and he said it's it's physical but it's also mental and emotional and Mm. you have to do a lot of self-talk and so um i would encourage people to really go to the blog and read chris's letters because you really get a good insight into who he 
is as a person. And um, as we progress, as Nels progresses in his training up to August 30th of 2022, when the run starts, I'll be sharing, um, we transitioned from snail mail to email. So I'll be sharing a lot of his um, emails to me on on his journey in his military career. That's pretty awesome. And so did, um, going back to a little bit about Hell Week, I mean, I know that's one of the most toughest things to get through. And how was that for him? Did he talk about that at all or? Well, Chris, the one of the things about him is he didn't focus on himself. When he was with us, he was truly with his family. If you need to rake leaves, if you need to do dishes, you know, whatever, if you need to build a fence, he was there. He was never talking about himself. Um, What I can tell you that I recall about Hell Week is leading up to it, because you know it's going to be super tough for him, is I had... (laughs) It was so ridiculous. I was, well, maybe not ridiculous, but um, I was living in Arizona at the time and I, at home, I had quite a few pictures and I would, I had them all around. It was like this little like homage to him. And at work, I had my own office. And so I had probably like 10 different pictures that I had pinned up on my, my um, little wall. And so I was like, okay, every time I saw them, I was like, okay, you can do this. You can do this. You've got this. And so it was just my little way of trying to give him an edge, if that's even possible, which I know it's not. The work was all on him. Um, but I do remember just waiting for that phone call because you he was so exhausted after it was over. And my dad called me and said, he made it. And it was just such a feeling of elation and pride because that really breaks you down right. and you see what you're made of. And the thing is, it's like, you know, one thing, so my wife's a bodybuilder and so like she competes and when you're a part of it and when like, and I, I'm not trying to compare this to being going through hell week, but when you're a part of something like that, you almost feel like it's a part of you. And when they succeed and it's like such an awesome feeling, you know, when they do make it, I just can only imagine that's what it must felt for you because you do feel like you're a piece of it. You're going through part of it with them. And it's like, you know, and it's just that once that you hit that final finish line, you're like, it's just, it's kind of an amazing feeling because you want them to do well. Like you're, you know, you're almost like, all right, they can do this and you, you're, you're, you're part of it. And it's just, I can only imagine that's, I'm assuming Cindy has probably what you went through and some of that because you know you knew it you you want him to succeed right because i mean there's so many people who go through hell week to become a seal that don't make it and there's a lot i mean they usually start i mean there's a good amount of people that start and i think it's like if i recall correctly from reading some of the the stuff about i think they start like 150 200 people by the time they're done it's like 30 people that actually make it through hell week and so, like, the odds of you making it are so slim because it's so tough. And, you know, and just to get to that point, you know, it, it, and, 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 I, and I believe, and like, Cindy, you were saying, I think it's more mental than probably even physical because you've got to train your mind to get to a certain point and, you know, to understand that you're going to go through this craziness and your body's ran down, but... The mental part of I've got to get through this or how do I get through this is completely different. 
And so, and I mean, it's probably even like in some ways for you running across the United States, like you're, you have to have a different mindset than just about most people, because most people look at it and I can look at it from this point too, is like, you're nuts, (laughs) you know? And I look at it from like, okay, 72 miles a day, at least, or running 15 hours takes a certain mindset. It takes a certain like level of like, all right, I'm going to do this. How am I going to do this? You know, and like I'm sitting there, I'm thinking because like because I don't want to run 72 feet, much less 72 miles, right? And I think you know, once we come to these types of points in our lives, it's just really coming up to the point. It's not so much the physical part; it becomes the mind part. Yeah, wouldn't you agree? I would. Yeah, and you know, and I I think uh, part of the mind is. Uh, for me, at least, is kind of having a, a why that's bigger than just doing the thing. Um, so, like, I know this weekend I was I was feeding a lot off of I was feeding a lot off of Chris. I know uh, Cindy had posted a blog right before we we uh, the the event this weekend, and and this this was one of those events that I, I was vomiting for about 40 miles straight <laughs> oh, and I, I was uh, not feeling very good but uh, Chris, uh, or Cindy had posted a, a blog that had her friend uh, Chris's friend Toby had, had a quote in there that said uh, Chris was not the type of guy to quit <laughs> and uh, and that that uh, that actually inspired me um, quite a bit um, because there were several times that my my mind got weak this last weekend, and um, but I was able to dig a little bit deeper. But it's kind of like I I, I you know I had a little bit extra uh, there. So if it was just me and and it was just me doing something, kind of like this event, there's going to be several moments where my mind gets a little bit weak. And if I if I don't have uh, if if uh, Chris's ask wasn't there. Um, it would be very easy to just say, "Okay, this is this is it. What, why why am I doing this? Right. If I if my why am I doing this is big enough, then uh, which in this case it is, then then it keeps it keeps me going. And that's got to be a, a good motivating factor, right? Because we're trying to get something out there to help a lot of veterans, trying to get Chris's message out there. Yeah. You know, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you guys on the podcast is because, like, again, I believe in helping and i've donated many times to the wounded warrior, wounded warrior project and um you know because it's a great cause and so like you know and i really wanted to help spread the the word about it so talk about that because when did that when did the wounded cindy if you could talk about the wounded warrior project when you started that and now it's grown so we want to grow that so what do we, what do people need to do to help you know, donate to that or help get be a part of this or what can we kind of give them a little bit of an idea? So Nels has created a website or his team, uh, our team. Um, it's called Project Campbell's Call. And if you go to that website, then there is a donate button. And if you click on that, um, then you can donate and it will feed directly into the Wounded Warrior Project site. So we are working very closely with them to ensure all of these donations count towards Chris's last request. And the interesting thing, Nels, um, since you've put up the website and people have started 
donating, I think the last time it was updated maybe was a little, you know, maybe a week ago. But at this point, almost 200,000, 200, excuse me, people have donated towards the goal of 100,000 people. And I think that's one of the things that people, it's very easy to think that it means $100,000, but it's not. Right. It's 100,000 people. And when I think of that, um, early on, I was like, oh, you know, that's 0.003% or 0.003 of, of the United States population. This is going to be easy. <laughs> well, I think Chris was, um, I think he knew it wouldn't be. And that's another thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, he is sending us on this journey. It certainly was a tether, an anchor for me, for my mom, um, for the rest who are working on achieving this last request. But, you know, the war's been going on for quite some time, and it officially ended um, in August of last year, I believe. And there's still a cost to that, and there are real people who are suffering. And so I think that part of this journey is reaching 100,000 people to donate to Wounded Warrior Project to ensure that those services and programs that they provide, whether it's mental health programs, whether it's transitioning into a new career or, you know, a, a lot of people have physical challenges and they help with those as well. And there's not a cost to these veterans. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty impressive that he did this. It's pretty awesome. I know, and I've dealt with a lot of veterans, um, even in my other role in my life. So I'm a, I do, I'm a mortgage broker, so I do mortgages. And so I do a lot of VA loans, which are for veterans. And, you know, and I hear stories all the time, you know, and I've got other veterans that I work with. I'm, I, I, I sit on a board for another veteran program. And so, you know, you hear the stories, especially when people have gone to war and coming back and trying to adjust and it's very difficult you know the 22 um veterans that commit suicide every day you know and it's just because they can't you know the psd uh, pstd right let me make sure i said that right um so but basically they just can't like um come back and and it's tough for them to come back to civilian world you know and so because one of the things about the military is when you go in and you're a part of it, it is such and, 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 and not to take anything away from civilians, but it's such a different world because you're relying so much on other soldiers and it becomes a brotherhood and it becomes like you have to trust everyone, no matter what color you are, what religion you are, no matter what you're through. And it's very difficult. And it was one of the things that I learned, like you've done team, like the wrestling. So you have like a team aspect and that's really, it's like extreme team of being something. And so like, you know, and then when you come back, you don't have that anymore, you know, and you don't have the type of the civilian life is very different. There's no, like there's teams, but like, it's not the same. It's not like uh, I can trust you with my life. Like I'm, tr I'm trusting you with my life, type of thing. And so you know that's the it's it's just, it's just different, and it's very 
challenging. So like that's one of the great things that I see with um, a lot of these like um, charities, and I'm you know, and, and this is why it's such a great cause to help them because you know we need to give more back. You know, it's so sad that we have so many veterans that you know are homeless or hungry. You know, after they've gone and they've given, you know, gone to war for us, given up, you know, a lot of them have lost, you know, body parts and that kind of thing. And they come back and unfortunately they just can't readjust. Mm -hmm. So this is a great cause for that, Um, you know. And so um, are you starting to see some national attention from this as well? So so far we've gotten a a lot of local attention. Um, I I think as we... Uh, start the national campaign. Um, I'm I'm guessing that we'll get uh, national attention, um, but so far it's been uh, mostly local. Because I think once that hits, that national attention hits, that you're doing this, I think that's where you're going to start seeing the flood of people donating. Right. You know, I think with what's going on in America right now, and when the stuff that we're seeing right now, people are starting to come bond more let's just say that right um you know and it's a good cause and a lot of people want to help veterans and a lot of people want to give to veterans so like this is such a good cause to give back and cheer you on too right and so like that's the thing that i think is really cool about this yeah and and the other thing is what what was cool about chris picking one hundred thousand contributions instead of one hundred thousand dollars is, is it doesn't matter how much uh, the dollar amount is. Right. So, so anybody can be a part of this. And, uh, and I think that was another cool feature that, that uh, he, it, it was just that he wanted 100,000 people to take action to help. And uh, so it, it's, it is amazing his, his, thought, his thought that went into it. So. so Cindy, why don't you tell us about what your involvement is going to be going forward with helping us get to Chris's hundred thousand people. And are you now, are you, are you involved in helping um, Nels here too? Are you going to be a part of that or how's that, how's that going to work? So I really prefer to write and stay behind the scenes. Okay. And so this is really pushing me outside of my comfort zone. (laughs) And we appreciate Um, that by the way. (laughs) Well, so my preference is to share my brother's letters through a blog. And um, yeah, I'm sorry. That's kind of it. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I will certainly do if if Nels is on the road and I'm able to be on the road and join them. Like if I can provide encouragement or, you know, be a water runner or a fuel (laughs) runner, I'll certainly do that. But I prefer to do the work behind the scene. Got you. Okay. So some people like behind the scenes stuff. So, and we appreciate you being here. Um, so we were we were just talking a little bit ago about when you just ran the keys, and how you kind of got sick a little bit, and how actually you think that may might make you better going forward in your in your race in your yes. run here. So kind of walk us a little bit through that because I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So. There were a couple lessons learned uh, from this last event. One, one is uh, listen to your team. So <laughs> my team was actually uh, telling me to slow down. Uh, the The weather was a lot hotter than we had expected. Uh, it was reaching about 100. It got up to 
most of the day was in the 100 heat index and it got up to 106 and then we had the you know on a t- on top of that the the sun was coming off the asphalt as well so uh so it, it got really hot and um because of that and because i didn't slow my pace down and listen to my team um i got overheated and uh so i got overheated pretty good around mile 30 and just started losing everything that i put <laughs> in my body uh pretty much from the beginning of the day and uh didn't stop vomiting till about mile 70 wow. uh, it just was kind of one of those things but but i do think because uh that's an obstacle that i was uh, able to overcome and our team was able to overcome um that that's something that we can we can use as fuel we learned from on this this little race and uh, it'll help us if we encounter something like that uh down the road uh including uh learn more techniques on how to cool me down cool my body temperature down faster as well yeah because that's i mean you figure if you could figure i mean you if you could run and we were talking about this earlier about if you could run in florida right i mean florida's hot right and you know the humidity is tough here and if you could probably get through that, you should you should be pretty good because going the route that you're going, I mean, it shouldn't you shouldn't have the same humidity, um, and it should be a lot cooler going right. that route, especially because you're hitting that fall weather when yes. it's starting in August. So yeah, I, th- I think we yeah I don't I don't see us uh, encountering that humidity again. We may may see some hot days, but it won't be that that same humidity the same humidity so one of the questions i was thinking about is that um cost i'm sure yes. there's a big cost for all this right right so are you self-funding that or are you getting other people to help yeah get so, that or so we're we're getting we're getting uh sponsored so actually uh one of one of the guests that was on here before uh the castle group uh-huh. robert castle was one of our uh, day sponsors okay so uh we we're getting um we're offering sponsorship for each day of the run and uh and then a, a, a finale day we still have a sponsorship availability and we still have a sponsorship availability for uh several other days as well so people can um kind of put their names out companies can put their names out and and uh sponsor a day of of this uh journey okay because i'm that's what i was wondering i was like i'm sure this can't be cheap to do all this (laughs) and i was like so i was wondering how the cost you know i mean because you know you got every you know got it you have people out there you've got you know volunteers out there plus the cost of just getting out there and then going through all this but one of the cool things about um having people sponsor like companies sponsor and um, having them be partners is that they they also get to be a part of this so we we get to develop even more relationships with with people as as their partners with us um, on especially on on their given day. It's kind of fun because we we have a really great social media team. Um, uh, Gabby Jarmosko, uh, she is a professor over at USF, has has really done an excellent job in, in getting people uh, involved with this. So uh, so she she will do a great job of uh communicating um uh, our our nice partnerships with with our sponsors and um and uh so I, I think i think it'll be fun for all parties involved um 
I mean, that's the cool thing, right? So you can be part of this and be part of history, you know, and be part of something that's, you know, that's unique. Right. You know, and it's for a good cause. I mean, you know. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you guys about, so when I was kind of reading some of the stuff that you guys sent me, and I don't know if, Cindy, if you want to talk about this, but there is, I guess, another wrestler that was involved that you played with or something and from hawaii or something like that or uh, yes so, so do you want to talk so, about that or so i yeah so i, I guess I'll, I'll mention so th this kind of this person so his name is grant nakamura uh took our took cindy and i's relationship probably a little bit further so uh one day we were we were working um we were working a little bit late into the evening and i and i think I said, Cindy, I'm cutting out early. Uh, I've got dinner with a good friend of mine who I had, hadn't seen since college. And um, so his name is Grant Nakamura. He, he's, he, was, he had come all the way from Maui. And um, so when I, when I, and I think I told, I told Cindy that he was a police officer as well. And so Cindy was like, uh, Maui, a police officer? Uh, I wonder if he knows this family. So, and I think Cindy knows that my, my memory isn't always wonderful. So she wrote down the name of the Vickers family uh, on, on, a, on a note so, so that I could take it and, and show it to Grant uh, just to ask if he knew the family. And, uh, and he did. He, knew, he did know the family uh, closely um, because they're also not only uh, are they involved uh, – together on the police force in Maui, but they they are big wrestlers as well. The family's involved in the wrestling community as well. Okay. So um that was kind of a neat connection. Um so so the connection with, with Cindy and the Vickers family is uh uh Craig Craig Vickers was on um was on the, the helicopter with Chris. So uh, that that those were that was the connection uh, between between those two and, and Cindy, you you have spent time with the uh, members of the Vickers family as well, right? So you, yes. Um, so in 2012, we those whose the family members of those who were involved in the crash um, went to another memorial service in Arlington, in Virginia. And I met Craig Vickers there, but it's it was eight months in and, you know, you're just still in very much of a shock. Um, and fortunately, Rob, though, remembered meeting me. And several years later, um, the Navy SEAL Foundation was hosting their first sibling retreat for brothers and sisters um, of the men who had been, you know, who died in service. And Rob thankfully remembered meeting me. And so it was kind of a funny story because he knew that my mom and his mom had a really good connection. And so his mom had reached out to mine and said, my son is trying to get in touch with your daughter because there's a sibling event going on. And so my mom had given me Rob's email address and it sounded like I was five years old. I was like, <laughs> my mom and your mom know one another <laughs> and I understand there's this event going on. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm like five. but Rob was a lifesaver for me. And then meeting his other siblings, um, Michelle, he has a wonderful sister and um, Mark who, 
and and then Vance, they're you know they're on the um, Mark is now retired, but yeah. And so that family has just been phenomenal. I, the Aloha spirit is real. And Chris was born in Hawaii. And so I have my little Aloha shirt on today. And my, um, this, this logo for the Hawaiian Island Creations, um, that was his first tattoo on the nape of his neck. Because he was born in Hawaii uh, at Tripler Army Medical Center on the island of um, Oahu. And he used to say, I'm a Hawaiian Island creation. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. And then the interesting thing I didn't know, Grant um, Nakamura, when I, I went to um, Pearl City Elementary in Oahu and my kindergarten teacher, her name was Mrs. Nakamura. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Small world, right? Yeah. That's kind of crazy. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, Cindy, is did, why did Chris want to become a Navy SEAL? I'm, I'm always interested to find that out. So... He wanted to play baseball and in the blog on Project Campbell's called there's one that's titled Dream On and I read his essay after he was killed. I had had it for years and then I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is heartbreaking. So he wanted to be a professional baseball player and he loved the Oakland A's. Um, I think it was the Bash Brothers. <laughs> yep, I remember them. Um so anyway, there's some circumstances that resulted in him not being able to pay, play professional baseball. And my understanding is um, Chris and my other brother, Lee, they were fantastic swimmers. And so they were constantly at the pool, at the beach. And he, on one of his lifeguard experiences, I, you know, he met a couple of guy, team guys. And I remember coming home from college and going into our little tiny den and we had a little tiny black and white TV when my mom, I, I was in 11th grade when my mom finally said, okay, we can have a TV or actually my dad brought it back from Okinawa. And um, I walked in and, you know, you, it was back in the day when you had VCRs and I walked into the room and Chris was watching these guys. They were all in face paint and it was very dark and I was like what are you watching and he's like Navy SEALs and he was like really serious he's like I'm gonna be a Navy SEAL and I had no idea what that was I just remember seeing people in the dark in the water with face paint and it was frightening um this is my baby brother I know what the cost of going to you know serving in the military is and so that was my introduction to him expressing interest in becoming an Navy SEAL. It's interesting. You know, it's funny. It's like you find your, as you find your calling, you know, and, and what you think, you know. And to come up with that and to come up to wanting to be a Navy SEAL, it's just, I mean, it's incredible, you know, to go down that path and how hard it is to even be a Navy SEAL, you know, and do what he's done. So it's an incredible story, um, you know, and I appreciate you sharing everything with us. Um, so, I mean, I know we're getting ready to do this big run and this big thing. And I'm just like, so anything else you guys want to share about Chris or anything else you want to share about the run? Well, I think um, one, one of the things that Cindy had mentioned earlier about Chris was um, I, think, I think you asked if he had, had uh, talked about Bud's and uh, – what she said was uh, that when he was with you, he was there, and that's where he was. And that's one of the things that um, 
I've learned about Chris through his letters and through Cindy's blogs. Um, and I've tried to apply that because, uh, I, I, it's, and it's helped me, um, because we're, we're, when you're doing uh, a run or, or, and then when you're switching and you're meeting people, uh, I think it, it's so, it's so cool to be somebody who like, like I'm trying, I'm trying to embrace that, to be wherever I am. Um, and it's, uh, I don't think it comes as naturally to me. Uh, uh, it's not a thing that's easy to do. And it's something that obviously Chris was very good at. And, um, I, th I think that that is, that's one of the things that drew me to Chris the most um, about he hearing uh, the stories about Chris uh, is just his ability to be present. And that's something that uh, through this that I, I hope that I can be more, more present. Uh, and so that, that's the, the one thing I'd like to add. You know, it's in, in this fast-paced world that we live in nowadays, and it's it, you see it all the time. And it's it's almost—I hate to say it—it's kind of sad. Um, you know, luckily when I, my boys were growing up, we didn't have cell phones back then, and you know, and so they didn't get cell phones until they were much older. But it's like people aren't present anymore. You'll go out to restaurants, and people will be on their phones. They won't be talking to one another. And it's very difficult. And and to be present to whoever you're talking to, you know, or whoever that you're around. It and you know, and it's like, you know, it, it it's difficult in this world now. Mm -hmm. And um my wife has gotten on me about it because I can remember, you know, being in my business, it's like, well I can't miss a phone call or I can't miss a text message because that's business, right? You know, but I couldn't take an hour out of my day to sit there and be present with her. And so, you know, we've tried to get i've tried to get better with this you know and it's very difficult in this world and it, i think you know you've got so much with social media and everything else and everybody's got this attention span of 30 seconds right. now <laughs> you know and it's, so it's just like okay well what's next what's next you know and so it's it's just it is difficult and i think i mean that's a great story because i think we all need to learn that better or work on that better is to be present to listen to people um i think we take that for granted nowadays um you know and so like and i think it's a work in progress mm -hmm. you know and i wish i was better at it you know because i'm not <laughs> so so i think this is i mean unless you guys have anything else to share so what we'll do is like you know i mean if any everybody that's listening if you guys and what's the website that they can go to is a project campbell project campbellscall.com so if we can get everybody to go on there that are is listening um go in there and donate it doesn't matter how much the donation is it, we're you know we're just trying to get to a hundred thousand donations right. so anybody who can go donate to that we would appreciate it we wish you luck um you. you know and in your journey and you know it's super exciting to sit here and talk to somebody that's trying to do something that's really you know kind of um astounding to think about somebody trying to run across america in that short period of time and break a world record like that you know so when was the last time that record was broken uh, 2016 so 2016 so it's been holding up for a little bit and the one before that was 1980 so, really so it's uh it not has not been broken frequently okay so that's a tough one so you know and, and it's tough to like think about that and again going back all to the mental part of it 
So if you guys don't have anything else to share, we'll just end it here, and I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Chris. We, we appreciate you having us. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, Cindy. I appreciate you jumping on with us. You're welcome. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye.